Welcome to the Peak Community Church Podcast, where weekly messages are available for your hearing. You don't know if this is a, a me word that, you know, Lord, is this for me? Is this something you're telling me, teaching me, instilling in me? Or is this something that, you know, is for your people? And is, it, is this for the body? And uh, because I can have my own, I had, I had my, uh, my own um, direction in regards to where I wanted to go for the next couple of weeks while we're in uh, February. And, and, and I thought that it would be apt to speak about relationships and speak about, you know, not only our relationships as, as human beings and as spouses, um, but our relationship also with God um, as his bride, as his church. Amen. And, uh, but I just, I, I feel like we almost have to kind of, kind of get back to basics in, in regards to redefining who we are, what we are, what's our purpose, what's the objective of the peak community church. Many of you come here and, you know, week after week and you've become part of the body and, and, and you've, you've got your hands upon the plow and, um, sometimes we could get lost in the doing and we almost forget to stop being. We, we so get caught up in ministry and coming in and setting up and breaking down and routines of the things that we do. But, but then we all wind up sometimes losing sight as to why we're doing them. What's the church of the living God supposed to look like? What's its mission? Why do we exist? And, and I guess because of certain events and, and, and I guess because of the vision that God's given to me for this congregation, what he wants to do within this community, and not just within this community. I believe the peak, we're, we're a small church making a big impact. Once we start growing and we start moving, this is just, this is going to go beyond peak skill. This is going to go beyond Montrose, Buchanan, Cortland, Shrub Oak, uh, 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 Rockland County. Come on. We're already impacting on a global scale. Think about it. We support three missionaries on a full-time basis. We're, we're, we're partnered with organizations as Convoy of Hope and Samaritan's Purse. Um, so, so our influence, we've, our podcasts and our messages that are being downloaded and being provided all throughout, all over, over 7,000 downloads last year. Of, of these messages, people that are, are, are coming to get to know the Lord through the internet, as well as our local impact that we have here within, within our community. Amen? So, so I figured that as, as I, I, you know, I, I pulled out the table and the stool because this is what I usually do when I want to kind of just have a heart-to-heart with you as a congregation. There, there are just a couple of things that, that, that I, I want us to, to remember. Um, the first one, here the needs to know if you're taking notes. I know we have a lot of note-takers here. Um, if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, if you are a, you are a blood-bought, sanctified saint of the living God, 
if you have appropriated the blood of Jesus Christ over the sins of your life and, and, and have appropriated that to eliminate the sin factor inside of you. Now, that doesn't mean you're sinless. That doesn't mean that you operate in a holier than now. That means that, you know, you're working this thing out the best you can, how you can, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. God, you guide me. I'm going to fall. I'm going to falter. But, Lord, you, my life belongs to you. I have been purchased, been paid for at a price. I belong to you. If, if you are a Christian, the church is not something you go to. It's something that you are. Church isn't somewhere you go to. It's not a it's not a brick and mortar building, and it's not a house that's with inlaid gold. God does not choose to 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 reside and dwell in 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 houses that are built by the hands of man. He rather dwell and and live inside the houses that have been constructed by His hands. As broken, as fragile, as twisted, as messed up as we are. The moment that we appropriate the blood of Jesus into our lives and ask him to come and take residence inside of us. You remember that, 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 that Numas spot, the most holy place, when that veil is torn, that he can now come in and the spirit man rises up inside of you. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was lost, but now I'm found. God is real. Jesus is real, and I serve him. He's not housed in buildings. It's not, it's not a matter of, what did he say? In the end times, they'll say that I'm over here and I'm over there. What? Don't go there, because I'm not there. I'm everywhere. I am a sovereign God who is omnipresent present at all places at all times. Come on, this is the God we serve. Present at all places and all times. Yeah, but there's a revival that's breaking out. You know where I had revival? Huh? You can have revival in your bedroom, in your shower. You can have it in a prison cell. You can have it in a detox facility. You can have it, guess what? He's in all of those places at all of those times. When God said, Adam, where art thou? He's, he wasn't asking him, where is your geographical location? Where's your, you know, where are you? Are, are you over here, north, south? Give me your longitude, latitude. Like, no, that's not what God was asking him. So ask Adam, where art thou? Where are you? Where's your heart? Where's your head at? You're far from me. You've changed. You're different. What we need to do and realize that at any given point in time, we're the ones that can switch it and make the choice to turn towards him. And he's always there. Always there. Carpadeum, the, the, before the face of God. We're always before the face of God. So the first thing is that if you're a Christian, the church is not something that you go to. It's something that you are. And then the second very important point that I want to make this morning is that the church was not a human invention. A lot of religion was. A lot of religion was. But the church, the church was not a human invention. 
You, you, can, you can half read the New Testament with one eye closed and, and see and come to the same conclusion that the church was God's idea. This was his choice that he chose to take broken, twisted, fragile vessels, take the foolish things of this world to confine the wise. This is God's idea. And so when you come against the church of the living God, you're coming against God himself. We're not perfect. We're not denominational. It's not a matter of, you know, the Presbyterians are going to make it before the Pentecostals or the Pentecostals are going to be there because they're the loudest. All right, Pentecostal could be a little loud. Um, but we keep, you know, we keep it lit. <laughs> the Bible says to enter his presence in thanksgiving and praise, man. When we've been saved and redeemed and we know the, the price that's been paid for, for our redemption, when I know that what I deserve and what I should be getting and instead what he gave me and what I got, come on, man. It makes me want to dance. It makes me want to shout, want to do the two-step. Come on. I don't mind looking ridiculous for Jesus. As ridiculous as I've made myself look... Go out to the club and, oh, get up on top of the speakers. Give me the glow sticks. And I can't come up to the front and dance for Jesus? I could, I could tear it up in the club like that. But then all of a sudden I come in here and I want to get my, and people are going to look at me like I'm crazy? It's all right. It's all right. I know what he's done for me. Do you know what he's done for you? Because if you do, you'll be dancing a little church jig too. Something that, that, that came to my mind, you know, because you, you think, yeah, all right, so the, 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 the church of God, the church of Christ, you know, we have, we've received the power of the Holy Spirit to empower us, to enlighten us, to, so that we can live lives that are holy and acceptable unto God, that we can come out from among them and be holy as he is holy. And this is, this is truly the work. This is our pursuit, right? How many people know that that can get messy? So here we have the New Testament, right? Most of it written by Paul, and he was writing them too the letters to the churches that were missionary journeys that he, he, he branched off. Do you know then that two-thirds of the New Testament that speak about this new church, this, this new phenomenon of the Holy Spirit coming down and now intermingling and, 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 and coming upon sinners and transforming them? Two-thirds of the New Testament is all about Correction. It's about the messes and the follies that were taking place in the church. Fathers with daughter-in-laws, things that were going on, uh, adultery and fornication and the sins that were taking place. And it was always a constant battle of bringing correction, coming alongside of sinners that are saved by grace and looking for sanctification. Sanctification is not an instantaneous process where all of a sudden I am holy. No, it's, a, it's progressive sanctification. That's the theological term. That means that, you know what, I may not be who I used to be thank God I'm not that but I mean I know I'm not where I would like to be 
I'm a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. Thank you, God. Because when I came to you, I was so twisted. My mind wasn't right. I was outside my mind. There was insanity. Huh? There was substance abuse. There was craziness. There was self-will. There was all of the stuff and, and, and the dirt and the darkness of the filth of this world upon me. And all of a sudden, God shone a light inside my heart. Jesus became so real to me that I began to pursue him. And guess what? It wasn't an instantaneous thing, but little by little, my cursing went. My desires of the world went. Now, all of a sudden, I started kind of dressing a little different because, you know what? I knew the true religion wasn't a matter of a label on my jeans. It was a matter of the condition of my heart. I make Route 66 look good. Give me Kmart. <laughs> Word. Clothes don't make the man. The man makes the clothes, bro. You could iron that thing out, make it look sharp and get dressed nice and... You know, it's not, it's not a matter of the label. It's a matter of who we are, what we represent. When you, when you know who you are and your identity has been found in Christ. Come on. This world is but a fleeting moment. It's all passing away. We here for a hot minute. That's it. It's not that serious. God idea to use broken sinful filthy vessels to showcase his grace to the world in need of redemption and uh, yeah it's going to get messy because people going to come here and they got baggage and, 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 and there are different places and at different walks different levels uh, here on a Sunday morning we can have seekers, critics, veterans preachers, teachers, students we can have disciples, those that are just visiting and I don't know maybe, maybe you came here this morning because you were tired of hearing your friend talk about it and figured you know what I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go to shut you up I'm gonna just, just this one time deal you got me <laughs> Whatever the reason is, you know what? I'm glad that you're here. And this is a place that's a, 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 a um, this, is, this is honestly Sunday morning. This is the largest net that we can cast. Um, and we, as the body of Christ, speaking to the believers, need to make sure that this stays an atmosphere that's going to be comfortable for people of the world to come in and hear the gospel in love. Hear the gospel in love because how are they going to how are they going to come to faith unless they hear and how are they going to hear unless someone preaches and most of the time when people when someone is preaching a lot of times what i'm talking about a lot of people don't want to hear we need to have the wisdom to know like you know what i'm saying if 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 he ain't listening to me then why am i expending my breath right like I've learned, I, 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 it's not my job to struggle with an individual. My job is just to speak the truth. To speak the truth in love. Sometimes we can speak the truth and it's not in love. And it can hurt and it can injure people. And we have to clean that up and be mindful of that. But for the most part, we speak the truth in love. Guess what? That's a very general point. Sunday morning is very general. This is where I get to then administer the word of God in truth and in love. And after that, guess what? Most people that come here, they're going to have some questions. 
hold on a second, but you know what? That Does that mean that how I'm living means that, does that mean I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, sometimes we have to apply the word of God and understand what it means. And why is it so then important that we have Monday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night throughout the course of the week? That's the discipleship part of it. That's where we can start asking some of these hardline questions, right? Because then now we're challenged. The word of God ought to challenge us. We can't conform it to the way we want to live. We have to conform the way we want, we, the way we live to the word of God. That's, 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 the, that's the only way. His word is, is what's true. That is the plumb line. It never changes. We need to conform our lives to the word of God to the best of our ability, know that we can't do it alone and we're going to need an empowerment of the Holy Spirit to come and guide us through. And we best do that in community. Not as lone rangers, not isolated, not set apart, not the mystical few. Community. As sloppy, as messy, as broken, as, as, as many mistakes as we may make throughout the course of the week. It's community. And what happens with community? Can you divorce your brother or your sister? Some people may want to. <laughs> you don't get to choose your family. Huh? You don't get to choose your family. Everybody's got one of those uncles. <laughs> Come on, can I keep it real? You don't get to choose your family. Look left and right. We are family. Sometimes some of us could be a little quirky. Some of us could be a little, you know, maybe socially awkward. Some of us could be like very highly spiritual. Some of us could be a hot mess. We're family. And then that means that, you know what? Right now, <laughs> I may not like you, <laughs> but I'm committed to love you. Because we're in Christ. And the same grace that he gave to me, he's given to you. And regardless of our differences, if you have that, you are my brother. You are my sister. I don't care the denomination. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care the cultural influences that it may carry. You know what? My job is to embrace it. Can, can, am, am I? Amen. This all kind of started Tuesday night, having kind of like this kind of week. And um, we were in prayer here, Tuesday night prayer. is a good spot to be at, especially if you're carrying some stuff and you want God to move in certain areas. Um, and if you can't make it on a Tuesday night, certainly send in your prayer requests so that even though you are not physically here, you'll know that we'll be praying with you at that time. And we are incorporated as a community. Isn't that awesome? Isn't technology awesome? Like I don't actually have to be here to know that I'm still connected with you and could be praying at the same exact time for the same exact things. And so the Lord, the Holy Spirit just kind of said, you know what? Um, Rob, if, if, if something was to define the peak, what would you want that to be? That was a question. 
I, you know, I just thought, man, if, 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 if I, as the pastor, as the leader, you called me out into this work. Now, this is God working, working on me, right? I mean, I'm saying, all right, Lord, if, 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 if I had to say, what would I want this house? What would I want the peak to be defined as, to be known as, that people would know that as they talked about it, as people talked about the peak, you know, in C-Town, the marketplace, as people talk about the peak, what would I want this to say, what them to say about it? And I say, well, certainly I want it to be a house of worship. I want it to be a house of worship. Simply because you can't worship God unless you know God. In order for us to be known as a house of worship means that we have to intimately know God. That means that we have to have a story, a testimony, a revelation, saving knowledge of who he is because we're not going to worship him. We're not going to devote our lives, bow down to him, lay down ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is, by the way, our reasonable service. We're not going to do that unless we know him. God has to be God in our lives. We have to be able to look at the cross of Calvary, understand and count the cost and say, my God, if you loved me to that level, my life now belongs to you. Worship isn't just a matter of singing songs and raising hands and clapping. It's a matter of appropriating those lyrics, being able to sing those words out of the, the, the desire of our heart. And oftentimes, that's why even, even here when, when we we're worshiping and I turn around and I look and, and I'll see tears running down someone's face. I'll see, I'll see someone uh, dancing or I'll see someone on the floor on their knees. And, and why? Because it's a, it's an intimate moment that we are able to connect with the living God. Beautiful thing about worship is that we could come in and have different weights and burdens and, 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 and anxieties and, and, and presumptions and, you know, might have gotten into a heated, accelerated discussion on the way out the door, then woke up late, and the kids with the dun-dun, and, and then all of a sudden, I got the ticket yesterday, and I really don't even want to feel it. And while like four people didn't show up this morning, that means I got to carry all this stuff. <laughs> right? And then all of a sudden, we, we, we're carrying all of this weight and all of this stuff, and we want to come here, hallelujah. Yeah, you're the one. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. How many people know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so, so what happens when we come in through these doors? We see a couple of friendly faces, give a couple of hugs. Someone actually was paying attention last week and asks you how so-and-so is doing. There's, there's, there's genuine relationships being built. And so we can get here. And when we get here, we realize that we're in community, that we don't have to have our guards up. We don't have to have the faces and the masks on, that we can be ourselves, be vulnerable. Man, I had a tough week. Pray for me. You know what? This is an awesome week. Let me pray for you. You know, because at some point, you know, we, we know that we need a transfer of the anointing. And other times we're on the overflow and we have want to transfer anointing. So you're going to come here and you're either receiving or you're giving, but you're doing one of the two. 
Amen? And so when we come here and now we're form community, now the job of the worship leader is to get us to a place now that we can all be on the same page. So normally it takes a song. By the time the first song comes around, people are kind of getting into it. There's still some motion and some maneuvering. I'm, can, can I keep it real? So there's motions, there's maneuverings, there's some distractions. But, you know, by the time the first set goes through, we're coming into now the second set. Most people are kind of settled in. Now, you know, some of them, some voices are going up. You can probably hear mine up in the front. See, some people that are kind of getting into worship and maybe they get the little, you know, they won't go straight up yet. They're, you know, they got the pterodactyl anointing. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, it takes, it takes a while for, for the pterodactyl to grow up from, from this anointing to the full all out, you know. But different people, different places. But by the, by the time that second song comes and people are kind of going in, you know what it's doing? It's changing the frequency. You, co you, you come in with one, with one energy and all of a sudden you're able to bring that energy and get it to flow with the energy in the room. And so once you're, once you're with the frequency within the room, by that time that third song comes in, everybody's coming to a place of being in one mind, one spirit, one accord. And guess what? That's kind of like when you start seeing and sensing the anointing. That's what opens up the, the gates of heaven. That's why by the time that third song comes in, you, you'll, you'll notice that there's almost like a cloud. There's an atmospheric shift that takes place in the room. I'm trying to explain something that you guys experience almost every week. And by the time that fourth song comes on and everyone's kind of like into that in and, and you feel then the move of the Holy Spirit, my God, we are connecting with the spirit of the living God. This is, this is what worship is. We're worshiping. We're being intimate with him. And, and if we're going to be known for anything, my God, you know what? Let us be known as a house of worship. Amen. The second tier to that was, man, if we're going to be known as a house of worship. See, I, I got three letters that came into my mind. WPD. The second, the second letter is P, prayer. If we're going to be known as anything within this community, let us be known as a house of prayer. Let us be known as a house of prayer. Prayer isn't just us, you know, crying out to God. That's dictation. I'm dictating to God. We're, we're not trying to bend his arm to serve our needs. We're, we're trying to know his heart so that we can serve his needs. And, and prayer is two-way communication. It's, it's us speaking and it's God speaking. We have to listen and, and we need to be able to communicate. Prayer is, is intimacy. Intimacy. Remember last week I was speaking about the Mohed and the Mohedim and, and the Hilasterion, the mercy seat of God. And this was an appointed time and an appointed place that God chose to meet with his people. This is a time of intimacy. I want to spend time with you. I want you to spend time with me. I, I, I broke that down almost like, you know, for, for, for us when we set up a date night and we set up a reservation and we set up a, an appointed place in the restaurant and at an appointed time at 7 p.m. I want a table for two. And this is a moment where we're going to share each other's heart. And you're going to tell me about your day and about your feelings and your, about your emotions. And we're going to be vulnerable together. 
There's intimacy when you, when you lay and bear your heart. And when you allow God to lay and bear his heart. And when he does that to conform and, and change our desires and our hearts to, to seek after his heart because we're so in love with him. Imagine if our relationships look that way. I'm getting into Valentine's. Come on. Prayer is this communication and this intimacy with God. And if we're going to be known as anything within this community, let us be a house of worship. Let us be a house of prayer. And the third letter, the, the third prong here that, that he gave me was the D, and that's discipleship. Let us be known as a house of discipleship. Let us be known as a house that's going to preach the full counsel of God. That we're not going to be here for the seeker friendly or to scratch a tickling ear. Where, where we will not be afraid to challenge people in their walk towards sanctification. That we would not be a people that would hinder or candy coat and, 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 and put, you know, uh, uh, sugar cane, the, 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 the gospel. And, oh, you can have your best life now. You know what? Guess what? We're, we're, we're in some serious times. We're in some serious times. I've been, I've been kind of silent in regards to the Cuomo and the abortion and the late-term abortion. Yeah, I think I've been silent mostly because of that, because of, of, of the heartache and, and, and the weight that that falls upon me. Murder. Legalized murder. This is, we as a society have come to a place to, to, to make a provision for legalized murder on a late-term abortion. The baby can feel, can touch, responds, reacts. At what point? Does it become a life? Here, here. you know what? Here's what, what, what drives me crazy is that we live in a society that, that would have such a double standard. I'm going to ch chase a little rabbit real quick, but he ain't, he ain't going to get too far away from me, I promise. How is it that you could turn around, mom has a choice for a late-term abortion, but yet if someone was to if someone, God forbid, was to murder a pregnant woman, it's a double homicide. How is, how, how, how is it that if, 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 if someone was to kill a woman who was pregnant, would be charged with a double homicide? That's murder. But if she does it, it's not? Listen, listen, listen. Uh, I'm telling you that we're, 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 we're in a time where, where society is going to try to really blend and blur these lines. We're, this isn't Rob Thomas, blurred lines. This is really blurred lines in moral and spiritual integrity. What, does, what is God's standard and what are we holding ourselves up to? What are we making concessions for? We as a church cannot compromise the word of the living God. So 
So what's the purpose of the church? Well, I mean, for this church, for this particular house, I think a vision that the God gave me was WPD, Worship, Prayer, Discipleship. But Acts chapter 242 gives us the clearest definition and distinction in regards to what the church of the living God is supposed to be doing. This is the New Testament church. We can't be, we can't be dwelling in the Old Testament caves and prophets and, you know, the fire and the brimstone when we're not living within that dispensation. We're living now within the dispensation of grace. We're in the New Testament time. Amen. And the New Testament, it says in Acts 2.42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Four things. Four things that we as a church are supposed to be doing. The first one is teaching biblical doctrine. It's important. If you've been coming to this church for any number of time, you'll know that for me, one of the primary things is correct interpretation of the scriptures. It can't mean something today that it didn't mean back then. Why are we so many denominations and so many different offshoots and churches and, and different uh, uh, houses of faith and, you know, they'll take a scripture and they'll interpret it to mean something that it never was intended to mean. How can we apply the word of God today and, and give it our own meaning? We got to go back into the word of God. Who was it that wrote it? Who was he writing it to? What was the cultural relevance? What was taking place at the time? What was, how did the original readers receive it? What did they understand? And then once we understand all of that within its context, then we could take its principle and apply it into our lives today. Teaching biblical doctrine. The first outreach that this church was, was, was birthed out of, and, and, and it's coming back to the basics, was, was a systematic community-based Bible study. That's what it was. And guess what? That's what we continue to do Thursday nights, except for this Thursday. It's date night. <laughs> Being able to go through the Bible systematically, chapter 1, verse 1, Break it down. Cross-reference it with the Old Testament, New Testament. See the fulfillment of God's promises within its word. And then how do we apply it in our lives today? It's that simple. The second one is, is pretty cool. Um, because it said they, they steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Fellowship. Be able to provide a place where we can come together and have discussions. We do that Monday night. Small groups, variety of different groups taking place on a Monday night. Good spot to come in. I got some questions. Can we chop this up a little bit? We we'll get some good doctrine, right? That's, that's, that's Monday night. Tuesday night, come out here and we come together corporately, form community, and we're going to pray. We're going to pray for each other. We're going to pray for the church. We're going to pray for government and leadership. We're going to pray for the apple of God's eye, for the peace of Jerusalem. We're going to pray according to the word of God. We're going to line ourselves up. We're going to line our individual self-wills, and we're going to surrender it and line it up with God's will, and we're going to pray his word back to him, knowing that then he is faithful to complete it. Why am I praying this? I'm not praying this for myself. I'm praying this because it's your word. This is your will. This is your heart. And if something comes against your will and your heart, then I'm going to cast out, bind, push back, 
release, call those things that are not as if though they are, and however the adversary is going to come against your revealed will within your word, you call me to be a soldier and stand and fight for your purpose and will. We come, biblical doctrine, provide a place of worship, a place of fellowship that we could come together. Monday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, Sunday. I mean, we're here in this building four days out of the week. And when we're not in this building, many of you know that I'm out visiting and, 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 and running around and, and trying to meet you and help and, and do whatever I can to minister and be a shepherd in your life. Thank you. <laughs> the third thing was they were observing the Lord's Supper. It was a place where they could come together and break bread, breaking of bread. Oftentimes that can be a meal. We can break bread. You know, you can have communion. You know, you do know and realize you can have communion in your house, right? You know that? Like, you don't need me to be able to, you know, bless it and quote Second Corinthians and what I've received from the Lord, now I give to you, that on the night that he was betrayed. You don't need me to be able to guide you through that. You know that you can open up the Bible and understand, my God, you're, you're, you're my nutrition, you're my substance, you're the bread of life. Your man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. My God, right now, I just pray that as your body was broken for me, Lord, all of the areas that I fell short this week, how I got mad, lost my temper, maybe said a little word that I wish I wouldn't have said. Cornelius, why are you getting all a little... <laughs> <laughs> that's the prayer that's the prayer that's the prayer we could do that right in the comfort of our home you know that that people have had and received healings based on receiving communion receiving communion is and, and breaking of bread um is 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 acknowledging the sacrifice of the cross and applying it and appropriating it into our lives and when we come together as a can break bread and we could come and we can share the Lord's Supper and we can be reminded and ask one another for forgiveness in order to be able to move forward and get into the grind of, of the upcoming week. And the last and final thing, uh, it was in the breaking of bread and in prayers, in prayers, which is what the Lord gave me in regards to what I want this house to be known and defined of. Amen. I wanted to speak a little bit about vows because I remember the vow that I made to the Lord um, in regards to answering the call of ministry. If you don't know really the story, I, you know, um, I was re reestablishing my life and getting my stuff back together, recommitting myself unto the Lord, kind of starting fresh and new. How many people know that's a scary place to be? Like, oh my goodness, right? And, and it's an uphill battle and the world is against you and you've got all of these things and, you know, uh, 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 stigmas and names and, you know, uh, 
all, all of that to go along with it. And, and so you, you begin this journey and you say, all right, Lord, you know what? If I start with a minimum wage job and, 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 and my life is yours. And so I'm applying my life and tithing off. You know, it's easy when you got all you got is $10, you know, a dollar. Like, you know what I'm saying? That because, that's easy at that moment. All right. So whatever. Uh, I'm walking in obedience as best as I can and all of the obstacles. And my vow to God was, if you bring me to it, I will follow through it. That was, that was ultimately my heart to God. I said, God, if you bring me to it, I will follow through it. Not just walk through it. Not just follow through it. Like I'll take it, take ownership of it. I'll put my hands onto the plow. If you put it on my lap, I'm going to see it till the end. It's different than, than, than just handling it. It's actually taking ownership and, and, and seeing it to the end. Follow through. A lot of us can start real good, but we have a hard time finishing. Am I talking to, I'm sorry, I, I, I might meddle a little bit. We're good to start things, but we're lousy to finish them. And I noticed that in my walk, because, you know, it, it, it was a struggle in regards to answering this call. I, I, I pulled back a few times. But I finally came to the point and the place that I said, Lord, if you bring me to it, I'll follow through it. That was my vow to you, my pledge, my promise, my commitment. That was my word. As ridiculous as it may appear, as, 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 as foolish as it may seem, Lord, if, if you open the door, open the door that you would have me walk through, close the doors that you would keep me from. But everything in my life, I'm believing that is father filtered. You're orchestrating and ordaining my steps. And today, I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I'm just going to worry about today. If you brought it to my place today, I'm going to follow through it and get, and, and here we are now. From, from minimum wage right up to, a, to, to you know, a, a, a professional salary. I, I was managing a, 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 a million, multi-million dollar uh, service industry, commercial roofing, and life was miserable. I was making a six-figure salary, but my life was all spent and consumed and 80 hours in the workplace, bringing work home, always stressed. And so, you know, you're living, living you, you think you're living the life, but, you know, you're miserable. And I knew that at some point I was, I was missing out. I, I was robbing God. I wasn't doing what I was called to do. And so God will oftentimes bring you to a place of leap of faith, right? And so I had to somehow tell my wife that I was going to resign from my job. And this was, you know, this, that was the fleece. That's, all right, Lord, this is how I'm going to know it's your will. You got to bring her alongside of me. Because for the first time in our lives, we're making comparable salaries and we're living all right. And if I'm going to tell her that I'm about to quit, I know she's going to have a lot of answers. And so, Lord, this is the fleece. This is I'm putting this before you right now. You bring her alongside of me because if you're not, I ain't stepping. I ain't moving. And I, I, I wrote out a, a letter of resignation and I gave it to her. That was my way of, you know. I said, hey, babe, you know, read this. Let, let me know if you what, what you think of it. And, and I took about five steps away from her <laughs> while she read. Getting ready to duck, you know? And, uh, and so she opens up the letter and, and she starts reading it. So, 
And she folds it back and she says, it sounds pretty good. When are you handing it in? It's like, what? Yeah, how much, how much notice are you giving them? Are you serious? Like, how are we going to pay the mortgage? How are we going to pay the car, the insurance? How, you know, we've got a, a kid's going to be going to college in about two years. How are we going to, you know, no, no questions, no, you know, part-time job. What are you going to do on the back? And she's, she just turned around. She looked at me. She said, Ron, if you're not doing what God is placing within your heart, you're never going to be happy. And I trust God's will and his, and, and his call on your life. So, are you serious? And so, God showed up. God showed up. And so I quit my job and we went into church planting mode and here we are three years later. Guess what? I'm still living in the same house. I'm still driving the same car. Our bills are paid and God is faithful. Amen. Yeah. <sighs> kind of brings me into the marriage vow. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to let this be an intro into uh, next week. Because as I spoke about a vow and the vow that I made before the Lord, there's a vow that we need to make. And we make them to one another, especially within relationships. And since we're in February and this is the month of love, and uh, next week we're going to uh, be right uh, before Valentine's Day, and I'm going to be, be sharing this message at Yorktown. Um, I want to I wanna kind of stop this here and um, just thank you for letting me bear my heart this morning. I don't want us to lose sight as to why we exist. What's our purpose? What are we supposed to look like? A lot of people will turn around and say, well, the church of God is this, the church of God is that. No, very simply, the church of God is, is, is the New Testament church that we see being laid out and spoken of. Why would we be any different than that? Why should, why should we be adding programs and 10 steps to your best life and blah, 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 blah. The Bible keeps it very simple. It's going to be messy. You're going to mess up. You're going to mess up. Guess what? I'm going to mess up. I'm, I'm a person. People sin. I'm going to sin. This isn't about me leading you. This is about me following Christ and, and, and me trying to show you the way as to, hey, I found a good spot that's got good bread. If you're hungry, why don't you come and try and eat, eat out of this trough? We're sinners saved by grace. We're sinners saved by grace. Now, I pray that my life can serve as a good testimony it serves even as a better testimony if you knew who I was. <laughs> but if you know me who I am now, I still pray that it serves as a good testimony, that my accountability to you, that the way I'm able to live out the gospel, that, you know, uh, I don't live in sin, but sometimes I fall short. I should not be on a pedestal for anyone within this church. Pray for me as I pray for you. We're going to guide ourselves and we're going to walk this walk the best that we can till the moment that Jesus Christ comes. And when he comes, guess what? He's going to find us with our hands upon the plow. It might be a small plow. It might be a big plow. But whatever it is, when he comes, we are going to be found fulfilling this word out.
in and through Jesus' name and under the anointing and the power of his Holy Spirit. Would you bow your heads with me this morning, church? I always like to give an opportunity for, for a person who may have be here this morning and not really uh, understand what the gospel is and um, have, them an, uh, have an opportunity for them to apply the blood of Jesus over their lives. But as I look through the room, I, I see we're amongst family and we're, 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 we're amongst each other here in intimacy. And so I just want to pray for you this morning. Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for this call that you've placed upon each and every one of us that's here this morning. If we're here, it's not by coincidence. The Peak Community Church is a young, vibrant, life-giving church in the heart of Peekskill. Come and visit us on Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. at the historic Elks Club, 1038 Brown Street. Thank you for listening.